Hi, welcome to Rewire. I'm Janelle PT, and today I'm going to talk about questions about diet stories. It can be hard to avoid all these stories about diets and weight loss pills that you see on the current affairs programs. These stories rate top of the popularity stakes for news and current affairs. Unfortunately, they can just add to the confusion because they overly simplify the issues. They can miss some vital facts or the balance in their messages is just a little bit off balance. So here are 10 questions you can ask to try and reveal the true facts behind the story and maybe even inform you that you can just dismiss it as a lot of hype. I don't need to buy into that. Number one, who's getting paid? Was the person featured in the story a paid spokesperson? If it was actually the person who runs the company who sells the product, then potentially that story on the television is an advertisement for an infomercial. So you've got to be critical of that. Where's the objectivity in it? Number two, was the story about a new diet pill? Research shows that almost all over-the-counter dietary supplements available at the pharmacy or supermarket have little, if any, effect on weight loss. Claims for boosting metabolic rate are particularly suspect because if it actually did boost your metabolism, there would be side effects. Some supplements have been banned because they have claimed to do that. They've had nasty and harmful effects on people's hearts. If it's about a diet pill, you could almost almost dismiss it straight away. Unfortunately, we don't have diet pills that are over the counter. There are some diet drugs that might be effective and you could talk to your doctor about these. But in the pharmacy and in the supermarket, there is not much available. Number three. How many people have tested it? A glowing testimonial, even by a celebrity, doesn't mean a product or diet works for everyone or even works at all. Maybe they've changed their diet. Maybe they ate less. It could have been motivation that helped them lose weight. It may not have been the actual pill. Then you've got to consider number four. Was the research dodgy? A small group of people road testing a diet pill for a TV program is unlikely to offer accurate results, especially when they know what product they are trialing. Just by knowing it's a slimming pill, it will have them focusing on their diet and their exercise, and they will make changes in those areas. Good research needs hundreds of subjects studied under carefully controlled conditions. They shouldn't know what pill they are taking. They should keep their diet and exercise the same. And they should do everything the same as before they took the pill. So you can evaluate whether it is actually the pill that worked. If research doesn't do that, then it can be so confusing. Number five, what about diet and exercise? Positive changes in these areas could be what caused the results, 100%. 
which means the pill gets all of the praise, but it did none of the work. So we've got to be accountable for what actually worked for that person. Number six is how long does it work for? You want to know whether a diet or pill works for months or even a year later, not just for a few weeks. Any low energy diet can strip weight off fast and then the weight comes back on with interest. I think we've all been there. And finally, number seven, what do the experts say? Be wary of the product if there's criticism from a dietitian, nutrition association or consumer organization. They probably know the facts that you don't hear. They know the spin on marketing that's come out in the story or the public relations behind it. And they'll want to counter that. So they'll add objectivity and balance. You might want to take a little bit more weight in their words than the actual story. So be critical of diet stories. It doesn't always mean you dismiss them outright, but look at the facts behind it. You might say, I just saw that on TV, but I don't need to consider it or get sucked into it because there are some flaws in how it was reported. I hope you are more informed on that front now. And thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to Rewire. My name is Janelle PT. Today we're looking at cutting diet confusion, diet myths. There are all sorts of diet myths out there, floating in folklore that don't seem to go away. They are passed down from one generation to the next, twisted and bent by news stories. It's hard to work out what's truth and what's fable. Well, there are five myths that we want to go through today. There are a lot more, but we won't have time to go through in this seminar. Firstly, I want to tell you a story that a friend told me. They said to their partner, why do you cut the ends off the lamb roast? And she said, because my mother did that. And they said, why did your mother do that? She said, I don't know why. So they said, well, ask her. So she rang her mother and said, why do you do that, mum? And she said, I don't know, my mother did it, and I thought it was a good thing to do. And so they rang Grandma, and she said to Grandma, why do you do that? Grandma said, oh, my mother, the great-grandmother, did, didn't have a baking tray that was big enough to hold the whole lamb roast, so she would cut the ends off. So even though she now has a baking tray and an oven big enough to hold the lamb roast, she still cuts the ends off because her mother and grandmother and great-grandmother did it. So you can see how we can fail to question this rationale for doing things sometimes. And this is why myths tend to spread so easily, because we don't question them. So let's question these five myths and get on the right track to reducing diet confusion. Let's look at number one. You shouldn't eat carbohydrates at night. 
This is a big one. This is probably the most popular myth out there. Now, carbohydrates are not more likely to turn into body fat when eaten at night or protein or fat. It doesn't matter what you eat. It is no more likely to turn into fat. Although your metabolism slows in the evening, particularly when you sleep, I mean, your only alternative not to have your metabolism slow at night is not to sleep and to stay awake and exercise all night. And you can't do that, can you? You have to sleep. So your digestion goes on exactly the same way, 24 hours a day. You don't have control over that. So it's not more likely to turn into fat. People get concerned about this often for the practical reason that they overeat in the evening and they are looking for a reason or something to blame. It means that tackling the issue of overeating should be the prime focus. Let's look at number two. You need to snack regularly to boost your metabolism. Provided your total calorie count is the same, Research shows that metabolic rate will be the same whether you eat three meals or six meals a day. So just having a snack won't boost your metabolism. In fact, you've got to consider the calories you're eating in that snack, which which will be a lot greater, much higher than the energy cost of burning that food up. So whether you eat three meals or six meals, it may not matter. It does matter for appetite control though. Snacking can be very useful if you find yourself getting overly hungry at meal times. If you eat too much at each meal, when you eat three meals a day, you might wanna have a snack in between to curb your appetite. If you want to level out your blood sugars during the day, snacking can help there, but it won't boost your metabolism. Number three. You can't eat carbohydrate and protein at the same time. Well, you can. Your digestive system has enough specific enzymes to digest both carbohydrate and protein together. If this claim was true, you wouldn't be able to eat potatoes or bread, which contain both protein and carbohydrate. This type of diet or claim also fails the practicality test because it's very hard to choose foods that only have carbohydrate or only have protein. Number four, fasting cleanses your system. The opposite can be true. Going without food puts your body into starvation mode and produces chemicals called ketones. They can place a burden on your kidneys. They can also give you bad breath which won't make you too popular. So starvation is not the answer, even in the short term of a day or two. The idea is to de-junk your diet. So reduce the amount of fatty and sugary foods rather than go on a detox diet. That can have negative effects. And lastly, number five, fat-free foods are guilt-free. You probably know this one isn't true. Snack bars, drinks or lollies that claim to be 99% fat free often contain large amounts of sugar, which provide concentrated calories. These foods certainly aren't guilt free as the marketing suggests. So if you buy one of these guilt free foods and you feel a bit guilty or a bit down after you've had it, then take it back to the store and ask for a refund. They will look at you silly and say, it's not off or stale, or was it bad, 
or is there something in it, a bug or something? You just say, I felt guilty and your marketing said I wouldn't feel so, I want a refund. Sounds silly, but it shows how we need to counter a lot of this myth information that's out there. I hope this builds a healthy scepticism for what you hear and that you'll question those marketing claims and maybe share the good information about what really happens rather than perpetuate these myths. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to Rewire. I'm Janelle PT. Today we're looking at cutting diet confusion, doing what works. When you start to say no to conflicting diet advice and say, I've had enough of that. I want to focus on things that will get me real results. Then it's time to look at some key things you can do. There are 10 keys to diet success and you're probably familiar with these but it's an opportunity to reaffirm that commitment and lose some of the confusion. Let's look at number one, eat and drink less calories. Cutting back on the total calories you consume is clearly a winning strategy for weight loss. Whatever you hear about diets, it's this mix of foods or it's the balance of foods. It comes down to the total energy in the diet. A lot of popular diets you'll see advertised or promoted by celebrities are diets that have cut back on energy. They've done exactly this first point. So targeting high calorie fatty and sugary foods first is cutting back on alcohol and cutting back on alcohol are the prime focuses here. These dietary changes create the energy shortfall that keeps you burning fat and reduce body fat and this reduces your weight. On the other end of the energy balance equation, you've got to burn more calories. It's as simple as that. Calories in versus calories out. The more you move your body every day, the more energy you'll use up, which helps to create an even greater energy shortfall. More daily movement, walking and some strength training provide the best combination of activity. Number three, managing your appetite. You try to eat less and exercise more, but you were getting cravings or finding yourself overeating. Limiting your portion sizes and avoiding the habit of overeating has to be a key here too. Choose foods that are filling and not fattening, like lean proteins, salads and whole grain cereals. These are the ones that will help you fill up before you eat too much. And number four, know your eating triggers. You might be managing everything else until your diet goes off track. It's eating triggers that tend to do that. Identifying the people, places or thoughts that trigger you to overeat or choose high calorie foods will allow you to plan alternatives and deal with situations that tend to trip you up. Now that can be challenging of course, but it's the real key to success. Number five, monitor your progress. We know that people who closely monitor and even record what they are eating or how they are exercising get better results. 
This comes out clearly in the research. Track changes to your diet and exercise routine, just to raise your awareness at the start and keep you on the path to success. Number six, doing it on your own can be a challenge. So you want to get people around you to support you. Enlist family, friends or workmates to encourage you. You'll even get better results. Sometimes when you feel you lack the motivation, they'll be there for you. Number seven. This can be one of the most important things. Get professional advice. Use a weight loss advisor to share good information, tips and strategies to keep you focused and motivated. Sure, it's part of their job, but they are generally passionate about this sort of thing and they really care and really want to help you. Having that person there can be the make or break, so I encourage you to find a professional for advice and support, e.g. personal trainer. Number eight, personalise your program. As you progress, so you've started to eat less and exercise more, you're managing your appetite and dealing with those eating triggers. You are monitoring your progress and you found that some things work better than others. Keep the diet strategies that work for you and ditch the ones that don't. There's no use doing something if you feel that it frustrates you. If you are honest and say, that doesn't work for me, then keep on doing the things that do work. Number nine, choose to lose the confusion. That's what this seminar has been all about. I hope you've seen how information overload and potentially overconsumption of diet information might be constipating you. I had a woman call the other day and she said, I'm constipated. I said, they say you should eat more fiber. And she said, no, I'm mentally constipated. I'm confused. I don't know where to turn to and I don't know who to trust. You've got to trust yourself when you lose that confusion. And the last one, number 10, be flexible. Allow yourself to have slip-ups and try not to let them become major setbacks. This is all that head stuff, which can be quite challenging, but for lasting results, a healthy attitude really does work. There are 10 keys to success. If you find there's a report on TV or in the uh, media or on the internet that seems to ignore all of those or a large number of them, you can be pretty certain it's going to be a dodgy claim and it's not going to work. Thanks for listening.